0: Hey, buddies, fellow Franco fans, it is I your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions. You know the rest, Sacramento-based filmmaking company that I run. Blah blah blah. Editing Lady Hyde, editing Emmanuel in Sin City and writing two other films, and actually writing more and doing a lot of other stuff. So But uh yeah, enough about me. We're here for the King, Mr. Jess Franco. And, uh, this is episode 56, film number 56 from Jess Franco, and that film is The Hot Nights of Linda, which is weird because, uh, it should be more The Hot Nights of Olivia, you know, because that's Lena Romay's character in this, but, yeah, Hot Nights of Linda, um, and let's see, original theatrical. It's a France and Italy production, nineteen seventy three slash seventy four. You'll hear why there's two dates. Uh, original theatrical title in country of origin: um, the France theatrical, the French French theatrical hardcore title is uh, Les Noes Brulantes de Linda. Uh, the Italian theatrical is uh, Happiness and Sin. La facilita nel piccato. Alternative titles. Uh, the alternative theatrical English language title is But Who Raped Linda? Uh, French softcore re releases But Who Raped Linda? Solitary Pleasure. Me qu'est donne volé Linda? Plaisir solitaire. Let's see. French alternative theatrical Linda Pays de Six. Uh, Spanish Forbidden Room, Habitation um, Prohibita, French Video Cover, The Hot Nights, Les nuits Uh Caresses de French Alternative Theatrical, Pussy Caresses, Caresses de Chasse. That's one that Eric and I laugh about later on, uh, French Alternative Theatrical. Uh, come With Me, My blonde Emmanuel. that's cool. Um... Come Closer, Blonde Emmanuel, Prince Titles. Uh, let's see, also front page, uh, Violation of Linda, okay. And then, um, let's see, who raped Linda, Linda House of Sin, okay. Uh, production Companies, Eurocene out of Paris, Parva Cinematografica out of Rome, Theatral Distributors, Eurocene out of Paris, and we have um, Koala Cinematografica out of Rome. All right, so timeline on this. Of course, we get all facts and uh, stats from Murderous Passions by Mr. Stephen Thrower, available at all your favorite bookstores. Uh, timeline, Spanish shoot on this, circa around November 1973. Uh, parachute, uh, okay, well, that was the Spanish shoot, and the Parachute was a few months later, uh, around January 21st of 1974. It uh, got its uh, ex Granted by the U.K. under the Erotic Dreams title, and that was uh, September 18, 74, and the French Visa issued under the Nesburlantes title of December 18, 74. Then France, Les nantes tuis version, April 26, 75, and Italy, uh, Turin, again, always plays there usually, uh, the La Felicita version, January 30th, 1979, six, four years later. Uh, theatrical running times, okay. The French version, La Nuis Brillantes de Linda, 79 minutes. Italy, The La Felicia de Neppicato, 79 minutes as well. And the export version, uh, But Who Raped Linda is 80 minutes. Uh, cast on this: Alice Arnaud as Marie-France Bertrand, Lena Romay as Olivia Raddick, uh, French version Olivia Steiner, Paul Mueller uh, Paul Raddick, French uh, Mister Steiner, uh, Pierre Talu plays Abdul Raddick's servant, uh, Richard DeConnect, aka Bigotini, plays uh, Bigotini the enter- in the employment agency boss, private investigator, two roles. Uh, Catherine Lefer- Leferre. Plays the photojournalist, Uh, Angelo Bassi. Is credited on screen but not visible in any available prints. Uh, Giuseppe Mattei as James Harris. Plays Lorna's lover. Uncredited on this is uh, Veronica LaMera as Linda Raddick. uh, Or Linda Steiner in the French version. Uh, Monica Swim as Lorna Raddick. Or Lorna Steiner in the French version. Credits, director Jess Franco. Screenplay and adaptation, A.L. comma G.F riccolini Peseri uh director of photography Gerard Bessaud music by Ian Weira as Ian Wind and Charles Gordinier. producer Daniel Lesueur uh let's see okay uh production manager Marcus Lesueur uh production okay cameraman Max Le Chevalier um and Okay, looks pretty good. Alright, uh, so we have quite a bit here. Alright, uh, production notes. Sometime between late November 73 and January 74 on Spanish locations between Orjuela and Alicante, Franco shot material for three films. Uh, La Nuit, Bratelli de Linda, uh, Kiss Me Killer, and um, Tender and Perverse Emmanuel. All three... Then required further shooting in Paris in February or march of seventy four with the addition of Female vampire and one more film uh, Exorcism or La this could be well be the period to which Franco alluded to in a seventy five interview with Sex Star System in which he claimed to have worked on five films simultaneously. Uh, Review The Hot Nights of Linda is one of Franco's most claustrophobic films, carrying with it a sense of sheer stifling pressure. It's not exactly fun, but if you don't mind letting Franco hold a pillow over your face for 80 minutes, you should really seek this one out. Uh, Specifically uneventful, but choked with... Suppressed darkness, it's a troublesome movie that falls just short of greatness, but nevertheless lingers in the mind, like a traumatic memory that won't fade away. Morbidity is the keynote established straight away during the Parisian credit sequence in which Marie France, Alzarneau walks by the scene. An attractive young woman, she has just secured a well-placed job, as governess for a rich household, but as she heads home along the city streets on a drizzly afternoon, gray skies transform the romance of Paris into a parade of rain-soaked murkiness. If this is the city of lovers, they just signed a suicide pact and jumped off the Pont Neuf. Things sink even further into gloom with the introduction of Paul Raddick. Marie France's new employer, an embittered patriarch lost in a mire of self-pitying neurosis. Cuckolded by his wife, some time ago, he repeatedly returns to the now disused bedroom in which his wife committed her betrayal. As the film gives up its secrets, we realize that Radic is the agent of his own misery, having murdered his wife to avenge dishonor. Befrit of love, he fights a bitter regard. "'Action, playing the angry father to two teenage girls, "'one of whom was adopted after the death of a relative "'and the other possibly aired by another man. "'Despite his pain, it's near impossible to sympathize with him. "'He's a blustering Arthurian, symbolically castrated, "'trying to govern what's left of his household "'with pathetic displays of temper.' No love or sentiment can enter his world except for a necrophiliac obsession with his dead wife, which he mistakes for remorse. He is one of Franco's most damned creations. The Raddick House, as one would expect in a Franco film, is perched by the ocean, overlooking a beautiful coastline, but while the exterior is a glorious Mediterranean sun trap, the gloom of the interior dominates. Like a drug fiend hiding from daylight behind blinds and drawn curtains radic shuns the fresh air scenes of olivia sunbathing on the balcony or linda being taken for a outing by the sea come and go very quickly edgar and poe would have recognized this decadent morbid household within which a murderous secret a brutal patriarch and several varieties of sexual dysfunction fester incest is the literal sense is not depicted Radic is tricked into kissing Olivia, but the film is still a curdling vision of familiar implosion. Franco conjures this in a setting that could have seemed warm and modern and comfortable, but instead he achieves a malign transformation, turning a beautiful holiday home into a domain of sickness and shadow. Entering the Chamber of horror, Marie France is alternately virtuous and haughty. She's sweet and nurturing with Olivia and Linda, it takes a snooty dislike to simple-minded service Abdul, gratuitously whacking him in the face and pushing him around. From her upper-crust accent, in the English-language version at least, we surmise that she's a woman from a wealthy background who's fallen on hard times. No doubt she regards the handyman as an awkward reminder of her now relatively menial status. Undoubtedly, the most accomplished performer presence is... Oh, sorry, <clears throat> un- Undoubtedly, the most accomplished presence is Lena Romay, who plays the insane, seductive Olivia. The Hot Nights of Linda is a highlight of her first year as Franco's muse, a runner-up only to female vampire. Facing off against Arnaud's posh blonde, Romay's eyes flash with obscure threat and a cold, displaced amusement, hostility and seductiveness intermingled. Olivia is indolent, narcissistic and immoral. Marvelous to live without a sense of time, she says, lounging around naked in front of a new governess and expressing what could almost be the mission statement of Franco's neurotically a temporal cinema. She is the dark heart of the film, her erotic fixations generating her sensual steam that the house of Raddock tries to suppress. Leading to an explosion of violence and apparent behavior, she claims to be a virgin, announcing, "If only." Uh, announcing, "I only make love by myself," and mentions a dream lover who creates a horrible pain at the same time a deep, satisfying pleasure. Speaking from many of those trapped in Franco's world of echoes and recurrences, she says, "Every night I relive the same strange dream in which the virgins you see, whether she's molesting Linda in a memorable lewd and bloody scene with a banana." Or running amok and killing abdul with a giant medieval pike Uh, rome is the wanton heart of otherwise seemingly airless film linda is played by veronica lamira one of franco's less expressive actresses although her role as a traumatized mute obviously limits her ability to shine here Talked about by others, only briefly, Linda remains an enigma. All that we can see is that she loves Abdul. The last straw for the poor girl comes when she sees him in bed with her to mentor Olivia. The latter's descent into psychosis is easier to read. Immense sexual frustration, trauma from the lack of her parents, and a burgeoning incestuous attraction to her uncle, a man incapable of love structurally the end folds back to the beginning and all is not what it seemed the book marie france was reading at the start turned out to be a potboiler called but who raped linda the original english language title of the film it seems events at the erratic house was just a dream experienced by marie france after she fell asleep reading a lured paperback in classic twilight zone style the doorbell rings and the agent appears ready to take her to her new job at the erratics. If the majority of what we've seen occurs in Marie France's troubled mind, we can now make sense of the actions that seemed random and unmotivated, such as her slapping Abdul for no reason on the briefest of acquaintances." In dreams, such as implosive actions are commonplace. Note, too, that Olivia's bedroom is just a redressed version of Marie France's apartment. The wallpaper is the same, and a distinctive shelving unit behind the headboard has been concealed with a carefully arranged piece of fabric. An intentional dream echoes of Marie France's real-life bedroom, or an expedience demanded by the hasty shooting schedule. Let's be generous and say both. With this in mind, one dutifully begins to reconsider the film as a revelation of the dreamer, except there's really nowhere to go back with such reading. We scarcely see anything of Marie France in her waking life. She applies for a job, goes home in the rain, reads paperback, so any attempt at psychological approach is mere shadow play. If the radics are Marie French's inventions, she clearly has her own incestuous issues to deal with, but beyond noting this and using the dream to explain a few offbeat reactions... There's little to be gained. Perhaps Franco is proposing himself as the analytical subject, a dreamer deprived by Pulp Fiction. There is another possibility that the circularity is just a cheap script device, in which case the film is a shaggy dog story, brought to a convenient conclusion by a massive cliché. It has to be said that The Hot Nights of Linda lacks something. Some degree of bite or focus, a memorable set piece or a dominant image of horror. You never really seem to find it. It has no real center, no hub around which it turns. On the other hand, it's probably the sense of lack, a mute, yes, f- forceful absence that underpins the story's disturbed atmosphere. It's a determinedly opaque, rather mysterious film, not so much a nightmare, more of a sort of a purgatorial daydream where none of the narrative details such as Raddick's m- m- miserable marriage or Olivia's thwarted passions seem to account for the unsettling effect. The forward thrust of narrative, never one of Franco's strong suits, is at a virtual standstill, which means that the hardcore sex in the original version, especially the bloody banana scene, earns its place because it enlivens the film rather than detracts from it. That's true. We need the gynecological extremity to give the otherwise free-floating unease some point of coalescence. There is, I have to say, something very odd about this film. I've seen it many times, and on each occasion I've been tempted to dismiss it with faint praise. And yet I hesitate to write it off. It stays in my mind for days. It's as if there's a hidden door in the architecture of the film just at the edge of your visions, with a secret room beyond, the haunted air of which keeps drifting through your mind as you watch. The Hot Nights of Linda is a problematic effort, which is nonetheless a prime carrier for that strange viral life form we call the Franco magic. At first glance, it's just a film about faintly pervy goings-on in a beach house run by Tacturn patriarchs, yet there's a rattle of pure Franco madness creeping between the walls. I would entirely understand a skeptic's doubts after reading all these cavats. For those who have already developed a taste for the hard stuff, the cracked vessel of Hot Nights of Linda contain a neat dose of that inimitable Franco liquor. Alright, let's see Cast and crew As the book jumps away from me Let's see who we got in this film here Pierre Toulouse made his first Appearance for Franco in The Hot Nights of Linda Uh, Tender and perverse Emmanuel and Kiss Me Killer before going on to significant Roles in Exorcism and Midnight Party A regular actor for Eurocene, he's a habituate Of the insert Shoot, propping up in the rarely seen Garden Orgy added to Virgin Among the Living Dead, and in the extra scenes for Cecilia, a Euro scene variant of Franco's uh, Represidies, De la Maja Casada* 1980. Uh, he's also in a scene cut into uh, Countess Perverse for one of the variant reissues as La sauce. Likeable, though he is, he one has to say he's not the most naturalistic performer. His scenes in The Hot Nights of Linda are especially awkward. Even when he's not playing an idiot, he has an unfortunate tendency to react to his fellow performers a couple of beats too late, giving him a comical air of struggling to keep up. An unusual highlight in The Hot Nights of Linda sees him thrashed with a cane across his nude back and buttocks by Paul Mueller as the estranged radic, probably the only eroticized depiction of male-on-male sadism in the entire franco voir Yeah, I was saying the same thing to Eric when I was watching this. Uh, in the different forms in the um, sexy nature, or I mean, not sexy nature, in the um, uh, the hardcore version, they don't have that scene. But in the other version, there's that scene of um, of uh, Paul Miller whipping him. And I was, I noticed that the Eric. I said, "Yeah, it's probably the first and only time you'll see a man whipping another man like that in in a erotic nature in any Franco film." Uh, discussing a difficult nude scene in the Hot Nights of Linda, Alice Arno had this to say when discussing Franco's directing technique in the magazine, Sex Star Systems. Yes, it is difficult to play scenes naked, but in fact, no. I think back to Jess, who filmed me nude in pretty much, in pretty dramatic scenes, and that was fine. With Jess, we talk before the scene. During the preparation, we are both in a corner, and he explains exactly what he wants, and then it's for me to get by. He knows how to explain what he wants. I remember a scene where I was crying and I rolled naked on a bed. It was not easy, but we did it. Music. Uh, the title theme is pretty yet oddly jaunted number by Belgian easy listening composer Ian Weira and the Charles Gordain, who wrote together as the Pop Concerto Orchestra. It's a pity they didn't score the rest of the same standard because... Elsewhere, the soundtrack consists of fairly irritating pseudo-Greek toe-tappers. The Italian version, La Felice de Piccato, goes its own way with some portastic cues, including a groovy piece for the xylophone that sacrilegiously brightens the films rather the gloom spirits' locations. As the credits play, we see Marie France walk down the Champs-Élysées, uh, where your scene had their offices. Along the scene, via the... Cours Abel Leon past the Pont de Irse, across the Pont Alexandre III, and up the Avenue de la Moquiel Jalerny toward the Mois Le Marie. The Raddock House is actually a hotel. It could be, it could it can be seen playing itself in Tender and Perverse Emmanuel. The mosaic wall cellar of the Rattach House, identified by Alan Petit as a Parisian location, can also be seen in the female vampire. The Parisian segment can be dated by references in the films, posters, and billboards on the champs Elise, namely, uh, Avenue Robert Jacob, released October 1873. Nice. Brevard uh, La hongre de Saint-Paul, released in France... Uh, January sixteen seventy four 74, and Papillon, which opened in Paris on February 6, 74. Uh This, plus the wet weather and lo- leafless trees, indicate a February or March shoot for Arnaud's Parisian scenes, which tie in neatly with the extra material Franco shot with her for a female vampire. The rest of the film was shot in Alicante, at a Greek-style hotel complex, which Franco admired. Uh, Let's see. Um, Connections. Um, Echoes, premonitions, and and circularity are frequent motifs in Franco. Female vampire, for instance, returns the Countess Irina to the beginning of the story to suffer her insatiable appetites forever. Ritualistic conjurations of inescapable fate to bestow even Franco's secular stories with a vaguely supernatural aura within which his characters rotate like mechanized mannequins. Here there's a touch of the twilight zone as Marie France gets a second chance of happiness by changing her mind and avoiding the erratic house entirely. In similar fashion, Franco lightened the mood of Countess Perverse when he added new material for the sexier version Le Cross allowing Alina Romay's character to escape a miserable fate. In Les Glutenaces, Alice Arnaud reads a book that turns out to be a story we're watching. The same situation is echoed here, although the book we see at the end is not the one she was reading at the beginning. In the opening scene, it was Le Grappin, a, a police thriller by Alan Page, writer of the 1969 uh let's see Thriller Lepesine. Oh, I don't know that okay. Uh the final scene the book has morphed into uh et Evole Linda by a certain David Kuhn, actually a copy of the Spanish film production catalogue with a paper slip wrapped around it. Uh as in Eugenie, a character called Raddock is played by Paul Mueller. Uh, important characters called Linda had already featured in Vampiros Lesbos and The Sinner, secret diary and nymphomaniac, but here the name makes its first appearance in the title of a Franco film to be followed a years later by an American release of Lorna, The Exorcist, which played a few grindhouse dates as Linda, or Luscious Linda, and the 1980 sex drama Linda, a.k.a. The Story of Linda. The inserts of Bigotini's Private Investigator, and the very sexy female assistant recalls Andres Manales and Soldat Miranda spying on the action in Nightmares Come at Night. It's funny, when I was watching it, uh, I thought it's the exact same thing, how they inserted those shots. They're very, very similar. Alright, so, other versions. Let's see if I want to read this or not. This is quite long. Yeah, fuck it. Alright, here we go, guys. Other versions, this is quite interesting because there's quite a few on this. The Hot Nights of Linda is a Hydra-headed puzzle for the Franco researcher. The best starting point is to get a grip on the film's hi- to, The best starting point to get a grip on the film's history is a revealing interview on the Severn Blu-ray release, which I still have yet to watch. Uh, in which Jess Franco and Lina Romay outline the troubles they experienced in marketing the project, due in part to short-term financial difficulties. At Eurocene, Franco found himself entering choppy waters in 1974 with conflicting commercial demands, tossing him the way, tossing him this way, and tossing him that way. Um, numerous changes of emphasis were demanded by producers Marcus Lassueur, switching the content from near hardcore to softcore drama to hardcore porn, and all points in between. In the course of the Blu-ray interview, Franco claims probably in jest that there was ten versions altogether. Uh, the film was originally announced... Let me fix this book so I can read a little bit better here with the lighting. <clears throat> Alright. The film was originally announced to the magazine Sex Star Systems as Stroking the Pussy... Presses de Chatez, but the title was immediately refused by the French censor. According to Franco, it was first screened instead as Les Nues Brillances de Linda in a hard, soft core version shown by the lesseurs at a film market in Holland or somewhere. The film was, to use Franco's description, essentially nasty in tone, and at this stage, according to Romay, was solely about the radic household with no wraparound or cutaway elements. Um, Note, such a version has yet to turn up on video, DVD, or Blu-ray. Worried that the film was too strong for general release, Marcus LeSueur convinced Jess to create another, softer version, title unknown. The erotic scenes were trimmed, and additional wraparound scenes with Alice Arno were shot, reconfiguring the tale as merely her character's bad dream, bearing in mind the involvement of Italian co-producers Parva Cinematografica. The move was also no doubt intended to exploit Arno's popularity at the Italian box office. Note, this version, too, has yet to surface on video, DVD, or Blu-ray. Still unsatisfied, Les Sures demanded yet another version. Hence, a comic subplot was filmed involving a private investigator and his photographer, played by Bigotini and Catherine Lefevre. The resulting variant, uh, but who raped Linda, is one of two versions we can see today. It forms the basis for the Italian release and the English language cut, but who raped Linda? The latter of which can be found on disc one of the Severn Blu ray cut or Severn Blu ray set. Uh, the comedy footage means that Bigotini appears as two completely different characters Marie France's Appointment Again and the Private Eye in the comedy subplot. But never mind, all can be explained. He's one person in the dream, another in reality. In La Felicita Nel Piccata, the dialogue was dubbed into Italian, of course, and a few music cues were changed, but the story edit remained the same as But Who Raped Linda. Curiously, sometime later, the Italian print was redubbed with the English track recorded for But Who Raped Linda to create a second English language export variant, Erotic Dreams. Structurally, this is But Who Raped Linda, in all-but-name, except that it includes, bizarrely, the Italian secundo tempo interval card. Um This version was probably made in Italy without recourse to the French elements, perhaps it was produced without eurocene's knowledge, and we 're still not finished with his tale. <clears throat> Fishing for more success in the porno market. Eurocene performed a volte face and asked Franco for another variant stronger this time with phenomenal fortitude. Franco agreed and shot new hardcore sex scenes featuring Lena and two unidentified performers male and female. The resulting hard version, featuring Romay filleting an erect penis and receiving it vaginally, plus lots more cunnilingus and masturbation, reused the earlier title, Les Nenuistes Brulantes de, de Linda, saw theatrical and video release in France, and today can be found in a shonky video age transfer on the triple disc 7 Blu-ray. That's the version I saw. Uh, If you're willing to cope with some really poor image quality, it's well worth the effort to watch this cut, as it's probably the closest in spirit to the first unavailable version, dispensing with comedy to concentrate on explicit erotica soaked in morbidity. And it's the only way to see the infamous bloody banana sequence, which, judging by the grading of the color photography, many well have been part of the original version, which is funny because it means the question of but who raped Linda is now only consequentially answered in a version that doesn't ask. How very Jess Franco. The Spanish Video Box calls the film Con Prohibida, but features the English-language title But Who Raped Linda on screen. EuroScene's website lists the film as Savage Girls with poster art for yet another retitling, Les Petites Filets Savages. It also lists different character actors, uh, character names. Radic becomes Van Beck. Marie France becomes Emmanuel. Olivia becomes Lucia. Uh, Linda becomes Eugenia. And Abdul becomes Igor. Note, a Greek video released by Finos Films called Savage Girls is a non-Franco women in prison film. All right, we got all that. I know, quite a bit. Well, always with Franco Films, there's always multiple cuts and different versions and that, and this is a good example of that. So I figured it was worth the time to read and and to uh, share that knowledge. All right, well, uh, after this you'll hear Bumper Music, of course, and then you'll hear the review by Eric and myself on uh, the Bloody Banana version of it. Uh, We also kind of watched some of the... uh, Other scenes of the other version because it is totally different. He shot some of the scenes. It's kind of cool to watch both of them because uh, in the comedy kind of version, the less explicit scenes are filmed differently and there's different dialogue in that with Lena and Alice and it does kind of fill in the thing. It would be kind of cool to make a supreme cut with some of those scenes and add them together. I mean, they would repeat some of the stuff and change some things, but it would be cool as a complete version because it does actually complete it the more stuff you see. So, all right. Well, uh, anyway, you know how to find us at uh, Franco observer at yahoo.com. Please download all the episodes, uh, share, subscribe, tell your friends about it. Uh, let us keep building the audience. Um, as I record this, the month of August, uh, as I had the highest numbers. So thank you very much for that. I sincerely appreciate it. um, months before we're kind of dipping so it's cool to see things rise again like Dracula rise from the dead well actually we're never dead but it's good to get that extra level up so thank you for leveling up let's keep leveling up every month Um, all that good stuff and I'll keep putting out uh, an episode a week until we go so let's see how we can do this so alright Buenas noches see you soon bye hey 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 What's happening, fellow Franco fans? It is I, your host, Jason Rudy, from Desperate Visions Productions, coming to you today from the compounds of Desperate Visions in Sacramento, California. And we are on to episode 56. Film 56 Uh, comes out under many titles. Some will call it The Hot Nights of Linda. Some will call it Happiness in Sin. Some will call it But Who Raped Linda?, some will call it the hot nights. Some will call it pussy caresses. That's a great fucking title. Hey, that's perfect. Speaking of pussy caresses, uh, my episode co-host for this one is Mr. Eric Whitwell. How you doing?
1: Hey, doing amazing. The inventor of pussy caresses. Yeah. So
0: uh, <laughs> I think she was a stripper at the Embers about ten years ago. Pussy caresses. You know, very very classy French French gal. Yeah, that was my stage name. <laughs> She had bad breath, but her pussy caresses. Yes. yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, no, this is um, a very interesting film. Um, Actually, it's a pretty short synopsis, which is pretty funny. Um, This is a lot of different versions of this film, which is probably the making of the film is... I wouldn't say more interesting to the film, because there is a lot to this film, but we'll go through the synopsis, and I'll let you in on what we're about to talk about. So let's see. Synopsis. Marie. Marie. Is that her name? Marie France? Okay. So Alice Arnold plays a gal named Marie France Bertrand. Marie France accepts a job working for overbearing patriarch Paul Raddick, ostensibly to look after his two daughters, the sly and sensually provocative Olivia and Linda, a disturbed mute. Linda is the fruit of sin, according to Raddick, and Olivia elaborates that Linda is not Raddick's daughter the result of another man's cuckolding spying on the house from an apartment nearby are a cop and a female photojournalist investigating whether or not Raddick killed his wife in olivia's dreams she sees radic entering a bedroom and slashing a man's throat while his wife lies screaming beneath radic sees his dead wife lorna in their old bedroom and begs her forgiveness Olivia seduces Abdul, the household's retarded manservant, in order to get from him the key to Raddick's bedroom. Raddick catches them and drags Abdul to the cellar where he whips him. Meanwhile, Olivia gains entrance to the room and poses as Raddick's dead wife. Dot, dot, dot. So, Eric, what you think of this film?
1: Uh, phew. Hot. It was pretty hot. Um, well, it was Hot Nights of Linda. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Dev. I would go with that title the most. Even
0: though Linda, as you were observing, isn't really, has a lot of hot nights herself.
1: No, yeah. She's barely in it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the, the version we watched. Um,
0: yeah, we watched the uh, kind of the X-rated extended cut. Uh, um, even though it's the same title, but who raped Linda, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it, was, it was sexy. Um, if you... If you're really into Alice Arno and um, Lena Romay, um, and who isn't, but yeah, then it's definitely worth watching. You uh, now you don't ever have to wonder what Lena looks like when she sucks a dick or what it looks like to insert anything into her pussy, fingers, penis, whatever,
0: or Alice's pubes against her face.
1: Yeah, or or Lena's uh, or her. Uh, yeah her uh way the way she uh licks a clit yeah um yeah it's it's amazing it's uh, it was really sexy really sexy i don't yeah. know if i'll let my dad borrow it
0: but yeah yeah but no this is uh you know i think i'm gonna go over well, let's see i'm to go over this and leave it for the other part but uh no there's like a in the uh intro i, I talked about the uh all the other versions and what's kind of happened with this film but uh I'm going to kind of go over a few little things that we had seen and uh, some of the new hardcore scenes that we had saw, and we're going to talk about that before I go over some of the notes and go over the list and all that. So we have, um, let's see, um, let's see here, I'll see, I want to do this. Uh, so basically, um, so like the first film, the regular version that you get, the retail version, it has basically a cop and a photojournalist uh, bookends, A lot of the footage that was cut out for that version that's put into the hardcore version, uh, the sex scenes and that, they're almost – all those scenes are cut and there's the couple outside watching it through binoculars next door kind of describing certain things that we don't see. There's also different scenes entirely when Lena meets uh, Alice the first time and, and a lot of different dialogue scenes are different and cut a lot differently. So it's almost like there's there's completely different takes, different outfits and, and setups and everything. So it's almost like like two or three totally different films. Um, so we're going to skip over a few things that come up. But basically what I was going to jump to was, um, it says fishing for more success in the porno market. Eurocene performed a volt face and asked Franco for another variant, a third one basically, stronger this time. With phenomenal fortitude, Franco agreed and shot new hardcore sex scenes featuring Lena with... Oh, sorry. Featuring Lena and two unidentified performers, male and female, uh, the resulting hard version featuring Rame filating an erect penis and receiving it vaginally, plus lots more cunnilingus and masturbation. Reused the earlier title Le Nois, Variantes de Linda. Saw a theatrical and video release in France, and today can be found in a shonky video age transfer on the triple disc Severin Blu-ray. Uh, So if you're willing to cope with some really poor image quality, it's well worth the effort to watch this cut, as it's probably the closest in spirit to the first unavailable version, dispensing with comedy to concentrate on explicit erotica soaked in morbidity. And it's the only way to see the infamous bloody banana sequence, which, judging by the grading of the color photography, may well have been part of the original version. Which is funny, because it means that the question of who raped Linda is only conclusively answered in a version that doesn't ask. How very just Franco. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so. But yeah, no, in that scene, we definitely see the banana mi- uh, minus the peel, just yeah. as they complete uh, closed banana inside, going inside her with the little uh, stem on the outside, but still uh, the rough bottom yeah. going in, and, and Lena just twisting and turning and all that.
1: Yeah, she's stuck a banana in her. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, you've seen it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and this, uh, you know, I mean, Female Vampire was explicit, but this was quite a bit explicit, I think, more so. Oh, way more yeah, so. Yeah, yeah this yeah. was like,
1: this that triple X in it.
0: Yeah, and basically, the, you know, like, you've watched that hard version, it's basically Ian you know, and Alice just fucking four or five times, and every version size. And Yeah, it's, it's you know. Um, but like I said, the video quality was pretty poor, you know, and, and watching back the retail version or the regular version, you could see, see it a lot better in detail and such and that, you know. Um, but I was laughing because, uh, one thing is, uh, Franco's credit on the, um, the softer version. He's the credit is the director is Madeline Quinn and that's <laughs> fucking the weirdest credit I ever heard for Jess Franco, you know, cause he's also on here as uh, Richard Richard Connect too. But yeah, that's, yeah. that's a whole fucking dumb one. I'm curious if he even talks about it in the book, but I'll figure that out later. All right, well, let's go ahead and knock this list out. Cause there's right. quite a bit, I think a list on this one. Uh, number one, Body of Water, yes. yes. Um, sailboat and Boats, I think I saw one on the clearer version, so I'm going to go ahead and say yes on one oh, yeah. of those. Four Palm Trees, yes. Uh, jungle Sound Effects, no. not really. Uh, chained Up Person, yes, the guy. Actually yeah. Chained Up and Whipped by Paul Mueller, so that's weird. You have a naked guy getting chained and and whipped by another guy. <laughs> Uh, dance sequence on stage, stripping, no, yeah. no, no, stripping or dancing. Club scenes dancing, no. Yeah. Jazz music, yes, really actually cool jazz music. Um, excessive zooms, maybe this has a little more zoom happy than the last film. Oh, well,
1: there was yeah, no, there was because yeah. her writhing around, he constantly was going oh, into yeah. her, her right. vagina, like, yeah, and really like he got really excited and he kept zooming in as close uh, as he can. And, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: which leads to number eleven. Out of focus shots, yes, yes. yeah, a lot of that. Yes, yes, uh, twelve mirror shots. There's actually some really cool mirror shots yes. in this, at least four or five that we counted. Especially on the other version, you see a lot more too. Uh, mind control theme
1: mm,
0: not mind control I mean uh, Paul Miller was controlled by his obsession and his mind from his dead wife and that and that thing and, uh, and something we forgot to mention last film is like fear desire I'd say this is probably desire yes because he yes. has the desire of his ex-wife and even though uh, you know in the last film thing uh to Lou was fear he was like fear yeah. of seeing the dead man you know and, uh, yeah that, yeah, that had fear and desire because they were desire the will and desire the money, but they all feared the, the death stalker guy, you know? Yeah. But yeah, this is definitely desire all over. You were way. just talking
1: about Night of the Skull, right? Night of the Skull, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The, last,
0: the last film. And then now this one, uh, 56 is probably more desire. than Yeah, definitely desire. One. Definitely. Uh, so let's see. Number 14, magic tongue scenes. Yes. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. Alina's magic tongue goes quite a few places in this film. Yes. Yeah, it does the walk in inside of Alice's uh coffin. <laughs> no. But yeah, I know it's 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 uh yeah, you see her inside of Alice, you know, down the rabbit hole, you see her in Alice's uh her tongue go. Where else does it go? And uh Let's see. Yeah, I guess just Alice's. Alice, yeah, woo yeah, yeah, that's yeah, pretty that's much the all, yeah, yeah, just it's Alice. I think because she doesn't really do anything with Mueller or or the other guy. But she is... Yeah. You know, oh yeah, yeah. she flicks his dick.
1: She yeah, that's like, true. That's on the true. Of yeah, yeah the there ears. you go. Yeah, yeah. The, so there's the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genitalia. yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I see her fucking like, stuck on that guy for quite a bit, and we go like, oh, that's sure enough, Lena. There's no cutaway. It's not a body double for sure. Uh, let's see okay so 15 red light yes you can see yes. it better on the other version like 2 or 3 shots uh, 16 sheepskin no masturbation with sea of a ma- lot of masturbation but no sea items yes
1: I think there was see I say there was what the claw no the, the cane because oh yeah that's right he that's got right. whipped with a cane like Paul Mueller took him down and caned him you're right. he was just tied up and then she took, She goes oh is this your blood
0: yeah no that's actually a good scene you're glad you mentioned that because there's almost yeah. like a, a Marquita Sod scene that I picked up where um The Abdul, the servant's chained up and he's, and he's whipped and she says, oh, I see pain doesn't do anything for you. Like he didn't enjoy being whipped, but in the past she has. So then she sets him free and then she gets down and like kneels on this like cobblestone floor, uh, very uncomfortable and takes this hard, like edged fucking can he was whipped with and, and fucking starts masturbating it with herself very uncomfortable and kind of a rough sensation. So it's almost like she took that guy's pain. And she's like, "Oh, it doesn't do anything for you," and then she does it to herself to yeah. show that it does do something for her. You know, and, oh, and then nice. she, yeah, she goes through that whole sequence, yeah, which is, it. yeah, it's funny that someone's could be on your shelf for so long. You don't know the power. Now you're like, "Oh shit, this movie! I can watch this movie now." <laughs> uh, 18 fish tank shots. No, no talking parrots. 19, 20 credits or 20 in credits. Yes or no?
1: Yeah, it did say Fiend. It
0: did say Fiend. Okay, yeah, yeah that's when fin. you watch this, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 20, 21, handwritten notes. I didn't see any handwritten uh, in signs or notes or nothing in this one. There's
1: really no signs. People. It's also
0: hard to see if there really was one in that yeah. great quality when we watched. Uh, spiral Staircase Shot, no. Uh-huh. Uh, 23, Inept Cops. No cops at all in this no, film.
1: Except in the funny version that we didn't really watch. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're but right. we didn't watch that, and they weren't yeah. in the, the other version. But
0: that but that would count for that, because he's, yeah, watching like, her. And oh, trying to figure oh. out if he killed his trying wife. Trying to help and, her
1: over the fence, like, going, looking under her dress. And, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Bigotini. And then, of course, the new one, number 24, most definitely, Belly Chains, yes. lena yes. has got a really good belly chain. She's got an ankle chain, too, that she wears. And, uh, but, but no pussy chains, but yeah. Yeah. And I'll, also, I don't think she wears a belly chain in this, but no, she looks great. She's all tanned out and, and looks very healthy. And both gals look like they got some sun. So yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. Damn son. I know <laughs> 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 they got some sun, but unfortunately they didn't get some sun. So oh,
1: no, God damn it. But yeah, <laughs> my know. father's son, she didn't exactly. get my father's son.
0: <laughs> but no, this is, uh, visually it's kind of cool. So I caught, uh, Paul Mueller's name is Raddick again, and he's Paul Raddick in this one, and in Eugenie, he's uh, Albert Raddick. Yeah. And, because uh, I noticed the theme similar, with course, with him and the young girls, like his niece or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, it's kind of like Eugenie. And then they said Albert Raddick, or Paul Raddick. I'm like, oh, well, shit, that's the same last name. And I double checked, and sure enough, it was. So he used that name, Raddick, uh, I think, I believe, like three or four times now. Um, this is, yeah, at least three that I know of off the top of my head. Um, yeah, no, that's a pretty good cast. Al Sarno is, of course, fantastic. Lena Romay—they're they're the two headliners—and this definitely uh, Paul Mueller's third cast is Paul Raddick. He's in a few scenes. He almost has like the Howard Vernon thing, where he's just kind of in it a little bit and not really enough yeah. to really just just kind of use his name and be in it. Uh, Pierre Talou is uh, Abdul. Uh, Richard Deconnect, which of course uh, I think he's uh, the editor, I believe. Let's See Deconnect. Actually, that's when he probably didn't shoot. But yeah, usually he's like the uh, editor of the films, uh, Richard DeConnect, but in this one he's acting now as Bigotini, and uh, he plays the employment agency boss, also the private investigator. Uh, and then you have, of course, Kathleen LeFue, she was the photojournalist in the other version. And then we have um, Veronica Lemura, and Monica Swim is uncredited as uh, Lorraine Erratic, and the French version, Lorna Steiner. Um Let's see what else we got here. Daniel Lacasura Licas, Daniel is producer on this. Since it's a French-Italian film, we definitely see a lot more nudity and a lot more. Uh, <laughs> really, such different. They're, they're like, this is a completely. <laughs> this is completely different film than the last films. Like, yeah, it's just night and day. Lena's stitched up, and then this is like five seconds in, she's completely naked and rubbing herself and everything else so it's like all right what a crazy three movies though i mean like
1: if you go back like three movies ago like to the vampire the female vampire right like you know sucking dick to suck a soul then the next movie she's like a puritan right you know dressed and then this movie she's just fucking she's she's like a
0: nymphomaniac, just hardcore to the extreme that she just just that's all she can do and think of is just fuck herself or masturbate or just just go over this through. movie.
1: The only time she wore clothes was right before she took them off. Like she didn't just wear clothes an entire scene. She wore clothes before she took them off. Yeah, that's it. Like well, it was
0: almost like her wrapping. She was like to be yeah. unwrapped, and then you know she like I said this one scene. She was wearing this thing and just zipped down, and she was just had the belly chain on, no underwear, no bra, nothing. Just ready, oh, to go. ready to rumble. Yeah, 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 that's it. and. As a fan of Lena, but not as big a fan as other people, for me, this is, I think, physically and just Lena's power. Like, this is the best for me. I was like, holy shit. She really, like, you could see her, like, because she's not hard yet. She's still got the innocence to her, but she's, like, taken over. And the scene, you can see she's the fucking, the star of the film. And this is her movie, and she's fucking. First, you know, Female Vampire is one thing, and then she took a step down. Now this, she's like re hey, this is my power, this is what I can do, and, and this is what I'll do for you, and, you know, all that other shit. But, uh, yeah, I know I was laughing at some of these other titles that we were giggling at earlier. Uh, that one, Pussy Caresses.
1: <laughs> well, pussy was caressed many times in this movie. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of Pussy Caressing, so we which have, would be a C, a C. So,
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, Happiness in Sin. Masturbation uh, with caresses. But Who Raped Linda... But who, okay. Uh, let's see. Forbidden Room. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Yeah. The Hot Nights. Yeah, Pussy Caresses. That's the French alternative theatrical title. Caresses de Chatez. Uh, oh, also, too, Come With Me, My Blonde Emmanuel. See other versions. Huh. And then Come Closer, Blonde Emmanuel, print title. Uh, okay, and then... Uh, yeah, and then David Kuhn, Evil Woman. Okay, so yeah, that was that one. That's interesting. So they tried to do this, because the next film is uh, another film that they actually do retitle uh, Tender and Perverse Emmanuel, uh, film 57, and uh, which was actually uh, Shivers Under the Skin, but uh, he liked to retitle it to Emmanuel to cash in. And it looked like they were getting ready to title this yeah. Emmanuel to cash in on it, but they just didn't, which would be just about the end of the uh the manuel with two M cycle seventy three seventy four. That's just after the third one I believe. So that's pretty good timing. But yeah. So they end up just doing waiting on that and doing it on the next one. So but yeah, it's funny. Uh but here they got production supervisor Madeline Quinquanden on this in this book here they have her as production supervisor. But in the first print we watched they have it as the director, which was yeah. funny so that's, that's odd that's why I was laughing because I thought that was an alias so that must be a real person that they just mistitled in the other print that we watched but that's so funny you can like make a movie and like put somebody's else's names wrongly as the director of the fucking film like really yeah and that gets like, out like if I made a film and like they put my producer's name like your name as the director I'd be like what the fuck dude I directed this not you like <laughs> No, this ain't going out. I got to fix that. Like yeah, yeah, goes yeah. Out. Oh yeah, the production manager is the fucking director. Yeah. Not even an alias. I'm just this other person Be like Yeah. Wow, that's want look a...
1: her up. Like, I wonder if she if she's like Yeah. If she is an alias or
0: Well, no, yeah, I can could start tracing other films and see. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah, Madeline Quinn Kwan Dun. Here they have her as production supervisor. Uh, it's a first-time name, I believe, because that name didn't ring a bell as uh, being in the past things. But, but yeah, it's funny. This this version is uh, quite a few different, like four or five cuts of this film. So that's <coughs> funny too to see all the different footage he shot, the different takes, and how you can actually kind of watch some of these and see almost a one version, but how it's different takes of it. And it's I don't know, it kind of fits watching as we did watch the x-ray version first and then kind of go through and watch the other one skim through on scenes that look different and just see how it plays out and it kind of fills in some of the other spaces, you know, especially with the sister, Linda, and other stuff that the x-ray version kind of kind of left out, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Like her death is a lot slower and you see why she commits suicide and, and other things that the other version kind of leaves out, so I don't know. But uh, I don't know, is there any other notes or things you want to talk about on this? Or no. We haven't no, talked about yet?
1: No, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's, it, it was a sexy movie. Um thing that kind of cracked me up a little bit in the beginning was when she's uh, applying at the, to the agency. Oh, yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, no one's looking for a secretary. And she goes, well, I'm a nurse. And then afterwards, he's like, well, you know, it looks like yours. I wish you would apply for a different position. Yeah. And she's like, well, if morality, blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: she's basically saying that she's that, that she's very moral and her morals don't let her to be a hooker or a prostitute yeah. or anything.
1: You and know? she's like, you know, and he's like, no, I don't. But okay, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but she's wearing this big ass fur like coat. Like this oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, big it old, like hooker coat.
0: And it's funny too because in the other version they have him as her boss, and then he's cast later as the cop. It's like I don't know. That doesn't make I, sense. I think, to think me. it's
1: because it's he was just a character that was in her mind. She was reading the book so like she's oh, yeah you're right that you're that right, you're right. I as, forgot like, the, about that whole yeah
0: see I already forgot about the whole thing about this film yeah. the oh, reading, this is all reading, the dream reading the story in the end is just a dream and then it ties yeah. in, kind of like the Wizard of Oz type shit where people that she meets in real life are in her dream and then she reads the name of the book it's the movie that she's in and so yeah I don't know that's that's funny I already, I already kind of forgot about that because I always, always wash that part out of my brain when those cop out endings you know <laughs> because you invest yourself in these characters and you realize it was all just something she was reading and i mean that's what all entertainment is anyway but yeah still, yeah it was, i don't know
1: but, yeah i mean it was hot it was hot yeah, no, and i mean yeah. like goddamn lena's hot and
0: no yeah i was Arno's
1: yeah. hot and veronica swim is hot and the yeah the girl who played the the mute linda who played linda she's hot
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: like it's yeah no it was pretty hot
0: yeah no, know it was yeah and then uh yeah and then uh
1: and Paul Mueller did very well in his role with the, <laughs> yeah. the back of the neck killing.
0: <laughs> and Monica swims almost dressed as she was the female vampire with the cool like the a princess dress and then the the cool necklace and stuff where she's like the really really regal. Yeah. And knowing Franco is probably the same outfit they just carried it over to the next yeah. film, you know, save on some costs. Especially like the blood scene where a guy's stabbed and you don't see any blood until later on and it's coming out of his mouth after she ran the fucking blade through his back and through his stomach (laughs) also too her cutting Paul Mueller in the back of the neck to kill somebody that was yeah (laughs) more like she's cutting off his ponytail that he doesn't have more than killing him I don't know kind of like ow that hurts what are you doing ow (laughs) I know fucking cheesy but yeah so I don't know but actually if you want to learn a real way to kill somebody you can get a hold of us at the Franco Observer at (laughs) yahoo.com Uh, Or you can find us at uh, Facebook or Instagram under Franco Observer Podcast. Um, Also, download all the shows. Tell your friends. Have them download the back catalog. We're up to 56 episodes now. So that's over shit. I don't know, 70-something hours, 80 hours of Franco learning and laughing and all that stuff. Uh, We have a lot of cool fans, people reaching out to us from around the world. And I'm always grateful to hear everybody digging the show. Yeah and always liking the films, and asking questions, and talking about different stuff, so it's always cool, um, so yeah, download, subscribe, um, rate, all that stuff, um, subscribe, all that good stuff, uh, let's see, what else, um, yeah, that's about it, I don't know, uh, gotta get back to editing my own films, and getting on that soon, and, uh, Gonna write some new things and get on that as well. So we gotta keep moving ahead because time is running out on this world. So we gotta get our marks in and get everything in before everything wraps up. So speaking of wrapping up, I think we want to wrap up on this. So Buenos well, noches, beautiful nights.